is going on everyone how is everybody doing today welcome back here today to episode four now of the just ballin podcast i hope everybody is having a great day i hope you guys had a great week since the last time i talked to you guys you guys should be getting this podcast i believe on monday morning i think that's when i'm going to start uploading these monday morning start the week with the pod um after we get a whole nba week of action instead of uploading these on sunday like i did the first two times you guys will get this on apple pod spotify and youtube and obviously if you listen on youtube you can see my face while i'll talk i know it's not that exciting but i i know people request it so yeah we got a couple things to talk about today we got orlando magic trade ideas because they need some offensive help we got portland trailblazer trade ideas because yeah they need uh, they need a power forward or just another big man uh we got studs of the week duds of the week and five mailbag questions now i know you guys or some of you have at least requested for me to bring on guests and i think i'm definitely going to do that so i think starting next pod i will try to have a guest on every episode every other episode stuff like that and then if you guys really like a specific guest maybe they could be a co-host or something like that but that's just down the line so be on the lookout for next week's or next pod episode five to have a guest on so yeah let's start off with orlando magic trade ideas now the orlando magic have been really bad on offense this year a lot of people projected them to be possibly the third best team in the east fourth best team fifth best team and they haven't been good whatsoever so far if you look at defensive ratings it's 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 not good at all they're or excuse me offensive ratings for them it's the worst in the nba and they're the only team with a sub 100 offensive rating they have a solid defensive rating um obviously they're a really good defensive team but their offense hasn't been good um if we want to go to just like they're ranked 30th in a lot of a lot of um team team um team stats so for points per game the um they're they're averaging 97 points per game not very good not not very good whatsoever um their defense is still really good they're allowing they're allowing 98 points per game which is actually second in the nba but their offense man it's just been bad it's just been bad so they need to add they need to add another offensive threat now they're probably not going to go out and get a big man because they're they have a crowded front court as it is and a lot of guys that could play the four and play the five ken birch bomba vucevic and then you have aaron gordon who's been playing the three and then jonathan isaac so if we are going to throw out some trade ideas i have a lot of wing to point guards that i'm going to suggest that they could maybe go after these guys are on bad teams at the moment so maybe they'll be um or actually a couple of these guys aren't on really bad teams but just in a log jam at that position or an expiring deal so the first guy we're going to talk about but i'm not going to talk about him as much because i did talk about him in the last pod and that is d'angelo russell if the warriors want to go out and move d'angelo russell i think the magic have a lot to offer in aaron gordon and maybe alfred camino now i don't think the warriors would really go after aaron gordon weirdly enough but I think it would actually fit well for both sides. If you guys want to hear me go in-depth about that, just listen to the last pod. So the next guy we're going to talk about is Jordan Clarkson of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, Jordan Clarkson is still fairly young. He's only 27 years old. Um, I believe he has two years left on his contract, but I could be wrong. Um, I know it was a... Okay, yeah, he signed a multi-year contract extension in 2016. I believe it was a four-year deal. Or no, excuse me, this is... Hmm, I'm not sure. Um, no, no, I think he's got... Um, yeah, so he's had a four-year deal in 2016, so he's got one year after this year. Um, it's going to be about 12 mil. Not too bad, but 
hey, he's already kind of like an Evan Fournier and Terrence Ross. He probably wouldn't cost a lot to get, honestly. Like, maybe you can get it done with, like, a couple seconds and just a salary match. But I think he could provide really good scoring. But like I said a little bit ago, is he that much of an improvement over Terrence Ross or an Evan Fournier? So, I don't know. He's averaging 14.5 points this season. Shooting pretty inefficient, so maybe they can buy well on him. Um, and he could be another piece off the bench. Or he could start at the 1. Who knows? Because he did play some point guard, um, I believe, with the Lakers. And then the next guy we're going to talk about is Isaiah Thomas of the Washington Wizards. So, obviously, this is a point guard. Um, obviously, Isaiah Thomas isn't a great defender. But Isaiah Thomas, um, they don't need another good defender. They have plenty of good defenders. They could surround Isaiah Thomas. Um, and he could be a nice offensive piece for them. He started off the season shooting about 13 points. Uh, he was averaging 13 points, 6 assists a night, uh, shooting about 36% from 3, which is very good. Uh, he started about 3 games, so he's played about 22 minutes a night. And he could be a nice offensive addition to the Magic and could be another buy-low guy because he is on a one-year deal. He is 30 years old, so maybe, hey, if the Wizards are like, we can get two second-round picks or a Ken Birch or somebody like that for Isaiah Thomas, let's do it. And I don't think Fultz would be in any of these, but maybe for D'Lo, if the Warriors really wanted Fultz, maybe they would throw him in to get it done. Uh, next guy we're going to talk about is actually somebody I think would be a really good addition, and that is Bogdan Bogdanovich. Now, Bogdanovich is a an expiring deal. He'll be a restricted free agent, and he is 27 years old, and... Hey, he's only averaged about 24 to 28 minutes a night. If you gave him maybe 30 minutes a night, you give him that starting two or three. Obviously, it depends if Aaron Gordon's there or what they do. But I think he could be a nice offensive threat for them. But hey, he might cost a protected first round pick or like a Markel Fultz. But I think Bogdanovich could be a really nice fit. And he's, uh, he's off to a slow start in Sacramento. But he is averaging 12 points on 40% shooting. Uh, from downtown, but his uh, field goal percentage is only 37%, so not that good, and 70% from the line. But, hey, he would be a good offensive addition. They need offense. I think he could be another guy, because obviously, if you want to say all these, they're not going to go out and trade for an all-star. The only one that would be would be D'Angelo Russell, but they would have to give up Aaron Gordon. So I'm trying to give out guys that they don't have to give up, guys of their core of Isaac Vucevic, Fournier, and Gordon to get some of these guys. Uh, and then the final guy we are going to talk about is another foreign player, and that is Goran Dragic. Now, Dragic, Dragic, I believe, Dragic could be another buy low guy. He's actually off to a really nice start, but this is a good Miami Heat team. So I don't know if they would want to break this up, but he started zero games for them. So maybe if he can get a first round pick in return for Goran Dragic, which they need because if you look at their future draft capital, it's not very good. He could be a nice veteran point guard to lead this team that is definitely an upgrade on the offensive end over Markel Fultz and DJ Augustine. And I think he could probably give maybe lottery protected first round pick and a salary match. Maybe something like that could get this deal done. Um, I don't know if they, that like the whole Mozgov situation, if that got resolved, if they got money for that, or they could just use like a trade exception that they got for Mozgov or something like that. Um, because I believe Mozgov was in that Biombo trade or whatever overpaid big man they still have from 2016. They could maybe try to do in this trade. But yeah, I think if the, the Heat, since they do have point Winslow, um, Justice Winslow at the one, if they can get a first for Dragic in his final year of his deal, I think they would have to do that. So those are the guys I think that the Magic should maybe look at, go out and acquire. D'Angelo Russell, Jordan Clarkson, Isaiah Thomas, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and Goran Dragic. Now we are going to move over to the Western Conference. Now the Portland Trailblazers do have a couple injuries in their front court to Yusuf Nurkic and then 
Zach Collins, who's going to be out four months because of soldier, shoulder surgery. And Hassan Whiteside, Skylar Bissier, they're not going to cut it. They're just not in that Western Conference. They're off to a pretty slow start, which is unfortunate. Um, they just lost to the Nets the other night, even though Delo put up a career high. So I have four big men that I think that they should go out and maybe look to acquire. So the first one is probably going to be the most pricey one and probably the hardest to get done. So don't. I, this is probably the least possible guy I think they could go out and acquire, and that is Kevin Love. So yeah, the Trailblazers, 3-6. and six. Damian Lord's playing really good this year. McCollum has been solid. Not great, but he's been good. And Kevin Love, I think, would be a really nice addition that they could probably get done with a Kent Bazemore. And a first, I, I think if the Cavs get a first for Kevin Love, they would have to accept it either way. Um, he is from Oregon, so that would be a nice homecoming for Kevin Love. Um, he started off the season averaging 18 points and 14 rebounds, shooting 49% on the field and 36 on three, having a very nice start to the season this year for the Cleveland Cavaliers. But this would have to be if the Cavs wanted to move on from Love because he's been there for so long as their longest tenured player alongside Chris, uh, Tristan Thompson, or Tristan Thompson is their longest tenured player. I believe he's their second longest tenured player and he's 31 years old he's making 30 plus mil for the next three to four years i believe so it, it is a gamble um because due to regression possibly happening do you really want to give up a first but and then you're gonna have to pay the luxury tax because you're gonna um Lillard's and mccullum's contracts are gonna increase over the next couple years nurkic will be a free agent in, i believe two years but that's not really uh, something to worry about, but it's really just going to be you're paying Love, McCollum, and Willard all this money, and I don't know if um, the owner of the Trailblazers wants to pay the luxury tax, um, but this could be a Neil O'Shea type of move. Go out, acquire um, a stretch four in Kevin Love, play him alongside Whiteside for the time being, see how that works out, and then when Nurkic comes back, now Love isn't what he used to be on defense, but he's better than what they have right now, and I think he'd be the best possible addition. I'm not going to talk about Blake Griffin. Obviously, he would be, but uh, I think Kevin Love, the best possible realistic addition for the Blazers to get. Next player we're going to talk about is actually probably the more perfect, or it's probably the most perfect fit, actually. Um, I think maybe over Love, just because he'll be a little bit cheaper, and that is Danilo Gallinari. Um, try to say that like I'm Italian. Yeah. Um, but Gallinari's off to another great start to the year. 19 points, can spread the floor because he's shooting. 47% from three. Like Love, though, not a great defender, but he is a consistent offensive scorer and a nice third option to Lillard and McCollum. I think they can get it done with Bazemore and probably a protected first that could give in in two seconds. I mean, if we're going near the deadline and the Thunder, they're obviously rebuilding. Uh, Gallinari's 31. If no teams are calling but the Trailblazers, I think if they can get two second-round picks for Gallinari, they would have to take that. That's better than nothing because I don't see them bringing him back bringing him back in the offseason, and he would be obviously a rental, and then maybe they would buy out Bazemore or something like that, and then maybe, who knows, maybe the the um, Trailblazers can go out and get somebody in the buyout market like a Kemp Bazemore or somebody else gets bought out throughout the year. But yeah, Kemp Bazemore has been pretty rough to start the season for the uh, the Blazers, so I don't I think I'm going to include him in all these trades, or at least most of them. Maybe down this next one. So the final two guys I have are two Knicks players. Uh, first one is Marcus Morris Sr. Now, Marcus Morris Sr., would be maybe a questionable fit alongside D'Lo and C.J. McCollum because he's a very ISO-driven player. He's better with the ball in his hands than he is off-ball. But obviously, maybe he would run the second unit, um, and he would be a really nice bench piece come playoff time. But you kind of need a starter for at the moment, um, before, at least till Zach Collins gets back. So he, I think he would actually be a nice addition. 
Um, he's been very solid for the Knicks, but he's getting the highest volume of his career. Um, he's playing about 35 minutes a night for the Knicks, 20 points a game. He's actually shooting 48% from three on five and a half attempts a night, which is very good. And I think he'd be a nice offensive addition, but I think they are also looking for a defensive four. Um, none of these guys really have been are too good or known for their defense in Kevin Love, Gallo, and Marcus Morris. The final guy is probably the best defensive player on this list, but he's all right. He is going to cost you probably Bazemore um, due to salary matching, and same with Marcus Morris, and that is Bobby Portis. Now, Bobby Portis is a solid big. He's got a team option for next year, so it's not like a long-term commitment. I think you can probably get it done with a filler and a second-round pick. I'm sure come trade deadline time, the Knicks will take any picks they can get. So if you'll offer them one or two seconds for Bobby Portis, I think they would accept it unless he starts breaking out. I mean, he's only 24 too. So maybe Portland in the offseason could pick up his option or work out a long-term deal with them. Maybe offer him like a four for 40 or a four for 36 in the offseason, something like that. If they do decline his team option, I think he could be a nice addition to them and he wouldn't cost the Blazers that much. They won't have to give up like an Anthony Simons. Maybe he, they would have to give up a Simons in a Gallo or a Love trade. Um, and I think they can get Bobby Portis for pretty cheap. Probably Bazemore in a second or two. So yeah, those are four players. Kevin Love, Daniel Gallinari, Bobby Portis, and Marcus Moore Sr. That I think the Blazers should look to acquire until Zach Collins comes back. All right, on to studs of the week. I'm just going to give three guys um, that I think are just the studs of the weekend. You know what? We were on topic of the Blazers. Let's continue that trend, and that's Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard is off to the best start of his uh, six-year career, seven-year career. Um, he's averaging 33 points a game. He just dropped 60 the other night in an L to the Nets where they lost by four. But yeah, he had 60 points. Crazy stuff. He shot 19 for 33 from the field which is 57%, and then 7 for 16 from 3, 43% there. He's been incredible so far for the Blazers, but it sucks that they are starting 3-5. and five. Obviously, injuries hasn't helped. They've lost a couple close games so far this year, like that Nets game. They lost by 3 to the Spurs, lost by 1 to the Sixers, lost by 6 to the Clippers. Uh, so yeah, they, they've lost a couple close ones that they probably can close out, and then that L against the Warriors, the G League Warriors, that one hurts. But yeah, Lillard has been on fire so far this year, and this week he's been crazy good. 7 assists, 33 points, effective field goal percentage of 58% for a point guard who's taking about 10 threes a night. That's incredible stuff. Next guy we're going to talk about is Jonathan Isaac. Now, on the Just Ball and Pod, we love defense. We value defense just as much as we value offense. And Jonathan Isaac has been phenomenal on the defensive side of the ball this season. Either it's on ball, either it's off ball, in the pick and roll, switching. He's phenomenal. He's arguably one of the best defenders in the league this season. I won't put that uh, statue on him that he's one of the best players overall. But this season, he's been one of the best players up there in blocks. He's actually leading the league in blocks per game. He's averaging over steal and a half a game. He's only turning the ball over about uh, one, one and a half times a game. Up there in deflections per game. His fouls are pretty low. Um, I don't believe he's fouled out once this season. Um, I could be wrong though, so I do want to double check that. Um, nope, he hasn't. He got close once against Dallas with five, but he's been pretty good in the foul department. Um, his plus minus is really good for this Magic team that are three and I believe six so far so he's been one of their bright spots i would say him gordon vooch then probably the three bright spots even though gordon's been a little um on and off to start the year but yeah isaac's defense he's making it in studs of the week and then the final stud is bojan bodanovich now i'm not talking about the three best players of the week um obviously there's other good players so far this week like i could talk about lebron or luca every week but i'm not gonna i want to talk about guys 
that I think deserve to be talked about um, that maybe aren't getting talked about enough. And Bojan Bogdanovic, who had a game winner the other night against the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, he chopped 33 points in that game. He had 19 points in AL against the Clippers and then 20 against the 76ers this week. But yeah, he's been efficient. He's averaging 21 points on the season, almost 22. He's shooting amazing from the line. He's a 93% um, shooter so far this year. From downtown, he's shooting 45% and 49% from the field. If we look at his true shooting percentage, it's 64%, which is which is really good for a player that attempts threes. So yeah, he's been really good this year. He deserves to get talked about. And yeah, Bojan's going to be my third stud of the week. All right, on to duds of the week. So I'm not going to talk about them too much, but it's the uh, the Blazers and the Magic. We've talked about them enough this podcast, but they've been disappointing so far this season. Uh, Magic 3-6, Blazers 3-5. They've started off the season very disappointing, so they're going to come in as the first studs of the week. Now, we're going to talk about the Rockets' defense now. Now, the Rockets are probably one of the more frustrating teams to watch in the NBA. They're incredibly ISO-driven. They just look to draw fouls, and they don't really try that all, all that well on defense. I believe that they do have the worst defensive um, rating in the NBA, which obviously you don't want. Um, I just want to double-check that. Um, no, excuse me. I am wrong on that. It is they do have... Um, Oh, actually, okay. They're not too bad, it looks like. They're 21st in defensive rating. So, But like the teams below them are the Knicks, Hornets, Blazers, Pistons, Grizzlies, Kings, Pelicans, Wizards, and Warriors. The only team that belongs, I guess, or that's good below them is the Blazers. So they're kind of in a bad term of just, I guess, defensive stat standing in the NBA. Like, they don't want to be there. If you look at them in the game, they're not very good. But hey, they are winning their games. Um, on the season. They're, I'm not saying they're a bad team. It's just they are a little bit frustrating because I don't think they're going to move up to their full potential. They are 6-3. and three. Harden's been inefficient to start the year, um, but he had a nice game the other night against um, Chicago. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, Eric Gordon's been awful this season. He's obviously good for one thing, and that is to hit his threes, and he hasn't been hitting his threes. Um, yeah, just James Harden at 42 points the other night on 44% shooting. Fine. 47 from three. Great. So he was a plus 36. But yeah, Eric Gordon's been disappointing. Um, Harden, obviously, is efficiency, but he's still getting his numbers. Yeah, Eric Gordon's shooting 25% from three and 28 from the field. He's been bad. I mean, Capella's been good, but um, I feel like he, he's just a weird fit on that team sometimes. But you know what? He's getting his job done. Um, he's still a good center you'd want on your team. But they're not very deep, too. Like, you obviously have Russ. Like, Daniel House has been a nice addition to them um, on the season. But they're definitely going to have to be players in the um, the, buy the buyout market come uh, February or whenever the exact date is that um, most players get bought out at. Um, so, yeah, I, they're, they've been disappointing. I'm going to talk about the Rockets defense. Yeah, so they, they're a very frustrating team to watch if you're not a Rockets fan. So um, just adjust your uh, league pass rankings after you watch them because you, you might want to drop them a little bit. Um, but not hating on them. They're 6-3. and three. They're doing a lot better than some other teams in the league. And I know Harding's efficiency will go back up because they started, they were pretty bad to start the season last year. So, um, fine by me. And that, uh, that, um, that chart that the person on Reddit found, it was, it was calculating um, or comparing James Harden's bad shooting performances to the ratings of strip clubs in, um, opposing team cities that they were visiting as the um away team and it would be like if the uh, city had a higher strip club rating um he was bound to have a poor shooting night which was really funny and put a lot of work into that so uh definitely go check that out it was on top of nba's reddit for like a week um so yeah that's the second dud and then we are going to talk about two more and it's rj barrett yes off to a nice start rj barrett but he has not been good over his last six or seven games 
Um, I am recording this at the moment that they are currently down by 20 to the Cleveland Cavaliers. And he hasn't been that good in that game either. He's two for eight. He's a negative 20. But yeah, let me read you guys RJ's since their win against Chicago. Um, I will read you his shooting performances. Uh, against Orlando, where they lost by 12, he went 4 for 11, 36%, 0 for 2 from the line. Then they lost to Boston by 2, 5 for 17, 29% from the field, 66% from the line, 4 for 6. Next game, um, 8 for 20, 40% from the field against Sacramento, 5 for 9 from the line, 55%. And then he went 4 for 12 against Detroit, 33%. 54 at the line and then he went one for nine against dallas in a win and then one for six at the line if you want to um, find the totals in that he is shooting 31 percent over his last five games 25 percent from three 47 percent from the line 13 points a night it's not been good four and a half assists though five and a half rebounds obviously that's a bright spot but he has not been efficient um, but like i'm not gonna be too worried he's a rookie on a bad team um he's not really getting a lot of plays called up for him it's mainly iso um, for for um, Julius Randle and Marcus Morris. So he has to do a lot of stuff on his own. Um, and yeah, he's a 19-year-old rookie. So it's nothing to be worried about, but he's been he's been bad over the last two weeks in the NBA. And then we're going to talk about Gordon Hayward's luck. Now, Gordon Hayward's been great so far. He's looking like he's Utah Jazz Gordon Hayward again. But he gets hurt again, fractured a bone in his hand, and he's out, um, I believe, about a month. It's a left-hand fracture. I, I heard, like, rumors it could be three to five weeks Best case scenario, he's back in three to four weeks. Could be a little bit more like five to six, but hey, it's better than him getting like Steph Curry like um, diagnosis where he'd be out three months. Um, but yeah, Gordon Hayward was averaging 19 points this season with an effective field goal percent, uh, percentage of 61%. So he looked like Gordon, old Gordon Hayward this year and was averaging seven rebounds a night. So it sucks to see that, but we'll have to see if Tatum Brown um, step up and obviously Kemba Walker. So yeah, those are the four duds of the week, the Bla or the five duds of the week, the Blazers, the Magic, the Rockets defense, RJ Barrett, and Gordon Hayward's luck. All right, so we are going to wrap out the uh, podcast with a mailbag. I got five questions that you guys said on Twitter. We're going to start off with a question from Jordan Lewis. He said, do you think the NBA should add an Offensive Player of the Year award? Like kind of how the NFL does. They have MVP and then Defensive Player of the Year and Offensive Player of the Year. The NBA already has a Defensive Player of the Year, so I think this would actually be a good addition. I kind of don't get why they don't have it. Usually MVP is arguably the best Offensive Player in the league. Last year, obviously, Harden. Was probably the best offensive player in the league, but they gave it to overall defense, offense, winning, went to Giannis. But I think, yeah, I think Harden's season should get an award, and I think Offensive Player of the Year is a fun award to put in. You already have Defensive Player of the Year, put in Offensive Player of the Year, and then you combine the two when you have your MVP. Like last year, Defensive Player of the Year, Gobert. Offensive Player of the Year could have been Harden. And then MVP, you combine the two, and you got Giannis Antetokounmpo. So I think the NBA should definitely add an Offensive Player of the Year award. That can only benefit them. Um, and then David Hernandez asks, who is looking like most improved player so far? So I'm going to have a video out on my main channel talking about a couple most improved player guys so far this year. But um, I think I'll give you guys three to five. I'll, I'll say five and then I'll put my top three. So I think Devontae Graham is definitely up there. I know he's a sophomore, but he's 24 years old and he's off to a really nice start to the season. He's averaging about 17 points a night and then also seven assists while shooting 41% from three. He's been good with um, the ball in his hands, and he's been the best point guard on that team, and I know they just signed Terry Rozier, so that's funny enough. I think he's definitely in that conversation. I think Tristan Thompson should be in that conversation. He averaged 11 points and 10 rebounds last year, and he's up to 17 and a half and 
11 and a half this year. He's been efficient. His numbers have gone up. I don't think he'll win the award, but he's only 28 too. I mean, he's not, this is probably his prime, but he's got probably like three really good years left. And I think he could be in the combo. Don't think he'll win it though. So I'm going to talk about my top three. Uh, Jonathan Isaac is probably going to come in at three. Um, we talked about him before. His defense has been incredible this year, but the NBA won't value that as much, at least in the voting aspect, or just like the casual fan. Um, and then the second person I believe is Pascal Siakam. Yes, Siakam. He did win most improved player last year, but hey, he went from seven points to 17, right? About a 10 point increase this year. He's up to 28 points a night. You heard me 28 points a night, nine rebounds, three and a half assists, and he's shooting 41% from three on about six attempts a night. Only averaging three turnovers for his usage rate, which is, I uh, can pull that up. His usage rate is 31%, so it's incredibly high usage rate. Um, he's been incredibly good this year, and I think he should be in that combo once again. He just went from um, just, I guess, bench warmer player to solid NBA starter, pretty much an all-star candidate. And then he just went to all-NBA kind of MVP level this year. And then the last guy, I think that will be the frontrunner at the moment, and that is Brandon Ingram. Yes, this is still a really small sample size. We're only about like a tenth of the season done. Um, so, But Brandon Ingram, I think, has to be at the top of that. 26 points tonight, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. He's shooting 47% from 3 with an effective field goal percentage of 60%. He's been incredible this year for the Pelicans. They haven't had a lot of bright spots this year, but he's definitely one of them. I think he, he's the highest, um, or he would be the front runner at the moment for most improved player. Okay, so now we are going to get a question from Neil Aquino Hive. He goes, what did the Knicks need to do to turn around the season? I think the Knicks season, is pr it's pretty much over. I don't know why I thought they could maybe push for an eight seed. Um, they're a lot worse than I thought, but you know what? Hey, they brought it's, they didn't really have much continuity. My uh, series going off. Sorry about that. But yeah, I was saying like the, the guys they're going to the most is two free agency additions. One in Marcus Morris probably won't be back next year. He might not even be on this team come March. So I don't really get that. It's mainly, I think, David Fisdell, but he didn't really get a lot to work with. And then Julius Randle, which I'm cool with the offense going around him. He's probably their best player or their second best player at least. But I don't know. I think this season, they're not going to make the playoffs, I think. I think what we've seen is pretty much what we're going to get out of them this year. They're going to be very inconsistent, but mostly bad. I think they got to trade Marcus Morris. He's taking too many shots for him to be uh, not coming back next year because he is, what, 29 years old? Um, excuse me, he's 30 years old. He just turned 30. He's had a one-year deal. He's taking 14 shots a night. He's averaging 35 minutes a night. A 30-year-old on a one-year deal that will be gone next year is averaging... 35 minutes a night while their number nine overall pick from the 2018 draft Kevin Knox is sitting on the bench averaging 23 minutes a night and only taking eight shots a night and Kevin Knox is actually having a really good offensive season uh, at least shooting efficiency wise from three and from the field he's shooting 44% from the field but 47 from three on four attempts a night and half of his attempts from the field are from three they just got to value player development a lot more. It's very frustrating seeing Bobby Portis play sometimes more than Mitchell Robinson. But Mitchell Robinson has been in foul trouble. And he, uh, I believe he's in concussion protocol at the moment. But yeah, when Dennis Smith comes back, honestly, I like Alfred Payton's game. But he should not be playing more minutes than Neil Keener or Dennis Smith. You need to value these young guys. Wayne Ellington should not be playing more minutes tonight than Alonzo Trier. RJ Barrett should be getting probably the second most shots on this team behind Julius Randle. And I think they need to value player development, and that's how they can get their season on track. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're going to be sellers at the deadline, so they're only going to get worse throughout the year. But just develop your young guys in Barrett, Robinson, Randall, Trier, uh, Knox, Neil Aquina. Develop these guys, and then go in the offseason. You'll get another top pick. 
Hopefully you land that. You draft somebody good, either it's a James Wiseman, a Cole Anthony, somebody like that. Or Anthony Edwards. Probably they're going to go through a point guard. It's a loaded point guard class, but I'm not going to go into that now. And then that's how you can turn around this season. Player development. Don't worry about winning. Player development. Next question is going to come from Kirkland Thomas. He goes, who is the best flowing offense in regards to ball movement? Um, from what I've seen this year, um, I think in the Eastern Conference, it's the Toronto Raptors. Their ball movement is incredible. From 1 to 5, they all pass the ball really well. And Anobi, um, Siakam, Gasol, Lowry, and Van Vliet, all really good passes. And then I think in the Western Conference, it's the Denver Nuggets. The best player on their, their best passer on that team is the center. Murray moves as well as anybody without the ball in the NBA. And then obviously Paul Millsap is also a very solid passer and Gary Harris. And then you have Will Barton in there. I think those two teams are definitely the best ball movement teams in the NBA and have the more flowing, fluent offense, finding the open guy. Um, and yeah, like I said, ball movement. So the final question is going to come from Carter Fox. He goes, how far can the Celtics go in the East? So if the Celtics are fully healthy with their roster now, I think they will end up as the three seed. I, predict I predicted them as the three seed going into the year. But I do think they need to make a roster um, improvement, either at the deadline. Um, obviously, they would really like an Aaron Baines right now. Um, but Aaron Baines is now balling in Phoenix. I don't think Ennis Canner can get them far in the playoffs. I don't think Daniel Tice can. I do think Grant Williams is a little bit undersized and he is raw. Um, I thought he'd be a little bit more NBA ready. I mean, he's been fine this year, especially on the defensive end. But... Do you really trust him being your offensive center? I, I mean, you don't really need him to be an offensive center because you do have Gordon Hayward, Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum. But he's only playing 17 minutes a night. I would like for them to go after a big man. Um, either it's like, let's say like a Bobby Portis or like a Taj Gibson, like a vet. That would be really nice. They just don't have many contracts that they could dish out and move. Or Robert Williams. Sorry, I didn't mention Robert Williams. I hope he can develop into their starting center because I would really like to see him be them or be that for them. He's 22, but he is 6'8". Um, he's been, he's a good passer as well, but, um, I, I think they'll need an improvement at the, uh, deadline. I don't think they're going to go out and get like a Steven Adams or Clint Capella or somebody in that aspect, but I think they can get like a nice underrated center, maybe in the buyout market. Um, they, they'll definitely, I think be a three seed in the Eastern conference. And I, I could see them. I don't think they could beat Philly or Milwaukee in a seven game series, but I definitely think they can make it to the second round and, uh, they'll be favored in their first round matchup. So yeah, that is going to wrap out episode four of the just ball and pod thank you all for watching or listening if you are on youtube for watching apple Podcasts or spotify for listening if you guys could drop me a rating and review on apple Podcasts, i would really appreciate that um and just follow me on spotify or subscribe to me on apple pod or drop a like if you're listening on youtube so yeah that is gonna be for me thank you for watching i'll see you guys next week with hopefully a guest i hope you guys have a fantastic week and hopefully it's a great week for the nba peace